in the house of the Lord. And it's good to know that when God favors you, he doesn't favor you for you. He favors you for the next person. Amen. And uh, it's also good to know that uh, when God empowers you, he doesn't empower you for you. He empowers you for the next person. So like that, we'll be able to, to be able to preach Christ, we'll be able to bring others to the light of God. Amen. Uh, the message, today's message was already introduced. It's uh, empowered to make an impact. Those who were here last week, uh, we remember that we learned about unlocking the power that is within us. Unlocking the power that is within us to do mighty, remarkable things. And we also learned about the things that hinder us from having that power waking us. And I just want to build on that and look at uh, an empowered life. God empowers us to make an impact. And uh, when you look at our lives today, you know, Many times we live lives in our own strength. Many times we are running around. We do things that seem good unto us. And in the process, we get exhausted. We get tired. We get stressed. We get under pressure. We become weak. We become depressed. And we become worn out. But when things get too much, you know, in all this running around, we are not even remembering God. We are there. But when things get too much, that's when we realize that we need the strength of God in our lives. Um, there's a scripture that um, Pastor Lunda read in Second Corinthians, which at the end says that we're earthen vessels. So earthen vessels meaning that we are not as strong as we think we are. And we need God more than we realize. So today God wants us to just look at an empowered life. An empowered life that is to make an impact for the Lord and make an impact in others. Our scripture reading is coming from Romans 8 verse 11. Uh, Romans 8 verse 11 says, that, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The power of God has been made available to us. That is why even in our weakness, God is able to use us. God is able to, to use us in various ways to do things for him because it is not us weak vessels that are doing that. It is God who is working in us. When we look at, uh, when we look at the Bible, Abraham, when Abraham was called by God, he was, we would say, he was in his old age. He was, he was not as strong as we would think somebody is, but God called him in his weakness and qualified him to do his purposes that he called him to do. 
when we look at Moses, Moses was hot-tempered. But God used him, despite that weakness, to do great things for God and to save the nation of Israel from slavery. We look at Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute, but God used her. When Israel sent the spies, she hid them, she showed them the way, they were saved. And at the end, Rahab was also part of the genealogy of Jesus, our Messiah. So we'll look at how we can make an impact to others using the power that God has made available to us. How do we impact other lives when God empowers us? We've heard that when God empowers us, it is not for us. When God gives us favor, it is not for us. It is for the next person and the next person. So how do we make an impact on others' lives? One, we make that impact by allowing God's light to shine in us. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, God says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, you look at, when we look at Jesus, it's amazing, you know, to think that Jesus himself, who was the light of the world, can, light, can shine his light into our hearts so that everything can change within our hearts and within our lives. You know, some people's hearts are heavy. Some people's lives are burdened and there is darkness and hopelessness and despair. But Jesus, Jesus comes to shine his light and he changes us from inside out. So what God wants from us is that we allow his light to shine in us. God wants us to know and experience him as a living reality. And in order to achieve this, he shines his light of hope. He shines his light of courage, his light of joy, his light of goodness, his light of kindness into our lives so that we see the things differently and be filled with hope and a positive expectation. Because where there's no light, where there's darkness, where there's gloom, we are not able to see things as God sees them. But when God shines his light in us, we are able to see things from God's perspective. Sometimes we look at um, negative things, the negativities that happen, and we are sad to say, why is this happening like this? But when the light of God shines in us, we'll be able to see the good in that situation. We are able to see the purpose, why God has allowed that situation to happen in our lives or to happen in the next person's life. It is only when we allow the light of God to shine in our lives that is when we are able to see things from God's perspective. You know, I've been working in Chingola for the past four years, eight months. And uh, many of you know what our prayer request has been. We've been praying so that I can be transferred to Ndola or that I can find a job in Ndola so that I can come back and live with my family. And whilst we've all been earnestly praying 
for me to come to Ndola, for me to come to Ndola, I got transferred to Masaiti, which is not Ndola. <laughs> so, in, in the human, in human sense, in human nature, I cried. I really cried. I didn't ask God to say why. I just said, God, I, I wanted to go to Ndola, but I've been transferred to Masaiti. So what are you saying to me? What is there in Masaiti that you're sending me to Masaiti for? And as we are saying that God empowers you not for yourself but for others, there may be nothing for me in Masaiti, but there's something for someone. Maybe there's a life that needs my help there. Maybe there's something that I need to do to connect someone to the help that they need. Maybe that is why I've gone to Masaiti. And I changed my prayer. I said, Lord, I don't like going to Masaiti. I went there. I went and reported. I've grown up in the city. And I've been used to working in big offices. And I looked at Masaiti. When it just arrived, I stood there at the gate and I said, where am I? When I came back, I will not hide from you. My husband can tell you. I didn't even know that I was crying. I just sat and I was, I was crying. But later on, I said, Lord, you've got the power. You could have taught those people to transfer me to Ndola because that's where I wanted to come. But you allowed them to transfer me to Masaiti. So tell me and show me why I'm going to Masaiti and I'm going to work in Masaiti. So I've allowed God's light to shine in me so that somebody else may benefit from my going to Masaiti. And at the end of the day, I know it is going to be all beautiful. I'll also come back rejoicing. Maybe when I'm done doing what God wants me to do there, I'll even come back in no time. So we've got to allow God's light to shine in us so that we're able to see things not with our human short-sightedness, but so that we're able to see things the way God sees them. Because God sees beyond what we look at and, and all those things. Then, the power of his light can even make us aware of the wrong that we have done. And then we can know the joy of knowing that sin can be removed from our lives because of his precious blood. It is only when we allow God's light to shine in us. That is when we are able to see the wrongs that we've been doing. It is not very easy to admit the sin that you've done if God's light does not shine in you. So God empowers us. And the impact that he wants us to make is to draw others to his light so that when his light shines in them, they also will be able to see the wrong that they've done. They'll be able to confess their sins to Jesus. They'll be able to be drawn in the presence of God and become his children. Because his light, when it shines in us, it helps us to see our sin. It helps us to see the wrong that we have done. And then it will help us to be drawn to him so that our sin can be forgiven. So that our sin can be washed with the blood of Jesus. Then, again, we make impacts by connecting with God. You know, as I said, many times we are busy. We are busy with our own things. We are busy running around. 
we rush through everything. We rush through prayer. We rush through family meetings. We want to rush through church. We want to rush through everything. And so we don't have time to connect with God. But for us to be empowered children of God who are going to make an impact, we must make time to connect with God. How do we connect with God? We must make a quality decision to pursue God. We must make a quality decision to spend time with God. When we look at, at Abraham again, Abraham, when we look in Genesis 19 verse 27, Abraham was able to intercede for Lot, his nephew, when Lot was in danger in Sodom because he was able to connect with God. Abraham found time to connect with God. He found a place where he could go and connect with God. And he made time to sit and listen as he was connecting with God. So, as we, as we go on our journey, you know, we've been empowered and we want an ongoing relationship with God. We want to have a, a relationship that is sound with God. We want to see power in our lives. We want to, to be blessed and, and all that. We should make that decision to spend quality time with him. We make that decision to connect with God. Make some time. Maybe in the morning before you go to work. Maybe in the evening when you come back and everybody has gone to sleep. Maybe as you drive to work. Maybe you don't have that so much time. Maybe when you are driving to work, that is when you have that time, when you can make that time to connect with God. But make sure that you have some time. You set aside some quality time. It may not be hours. It may be 20 minutes. It may be 30 minutes. Or maybe it, can, it could be an hour. But set quality time that you're going to spend with God. And set a place where you're going to meet with God. You know, when we're in school, we don't just talk to our teachers about everything everywhere. I think pastor will agree with me. There are classrooms where you meet with your teacher and where important decisions are made. You learn important things in the classroom and you make decisions to do assignments and all that. At work, we don't just move around in the corridors. You see your boss. That is where you're going to discuss uh, serious issues. We've got boardrooms where we go to sit, have meetings, and discuss serious issues with our superiors and with our stakeholders. So why not do it with God? Why do we want to rush God in everything? And yet we want the best from him. So let's set time. We set time. We set a place to say this is where I'm going to be meeting with you, God. It's not a shrine. No, it's not a shrine. Just set a place to say, I want to sit here. I want to meet with you here. I want to listen from you here. Because that is when we are going to really get that power that has been made available to us 
so that we are able to impact others. Then as we set that time to be with God, we set that time and that place where we meet God, where we pray, where we cry before God, where we plead with God, where we intercede for others, where we worship him, where we praise him. We should also have a time when we just sit quietly before God. You don't say anything. Just go there and meet him. I've come to meet you and just be quiet before him so that you can hear what he's saying to you. And as you do that, let us also now have time to be aware of the presence of God. Because it is only when you are aware of the presence of God that is when you are going to see what God is doing and that is when you are going to know what God is doing. Abraham was able to save Lot and his family from Sodom and Gomorrah because he had time to do all these things. And he, has, he had time to be aware of what God was going to do. That is how he knew that those cities were going to be destroyed. So let us be aware of what, is, what God is doing by connecting with God. That is when we'll be able to impact other lives. That is when you'll be able to pray for me. That is when you'll be able to know that I'm in danger and pray for me. That is when I'm going to know that God is about to bless you and this is what he wants you to do in his life. It is when we are aware of God's presence, we are aware of what God is doing, and we are aware of everything that is going on around us. And this connecting with God, it should be a habit. There are a lot of habits that we have adopted as children of God, which do not even add value to our lives. But when we develop the habit of connecting with God, of spending time in his presence, of making room for him, we'll be able to save another life, we'll be able to help another life, we'll be able to use that power that has been made available to us, we'll be able to use it to bring glory unto God and to move others from the kingdom of darkness unto the kingdom of light. Amen. Then, the other thing that we, we need to look at if we are going to live our empowered lives and be able to impact others is by living in obedience to God. Many times, as, uh, as we go around doing whatever we are doing, we don't hear God, we don't know what God is doing, we are not aware of God's presence, we find ourselves living in disobedience. There are many times when God gives us instructions and we are unable to carry them because we are not able to get that instruction because we are not being obedient. And if you are not being obedient, we will not be able to shine the light of God into the dark world because that is our mandate. Our mandate is to shine the light of God into the dark world so that others can come to Christ. That is why we've been empowered. And when all that is done, then all those things that he has made available to us, we'll have them. I know we want to, to prosper. 
we want material things, we want cars like me. I, I, I need a new car to be going to Masaiti. And all those things, we need houses, we need to get educated. But without Jesus, we'll not be able to get that fully. So if we are living in disobedience, we'll not be able to impact the lives that God wants us to impact. When you look at Abraham, Abraham was about 75 years old when he was called. He was Abram. If we see in Genesis 12, verse 1, Abram is called. You know, God tells Abram to say, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I'll show you. How many people would move if God told them that's today? It would be very difficult. Most of us go to familiar places. We want to go to a familiar place. We want to do familiar things. But Abraham was just told to say, leave your people and all that and go to a place that I will show you. And when we look in verse 4, Abraham obeyed without asking questions, without saying it doesn't make sense, without saying what I was saying to say, Lord, what is Masaiti? Without saying all that, Abraham just moved. He took his wife, verse 4. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lord went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Lot went with him. That's another story. What we are looking at is Abraham's obedience to what God told him to do. He didn't ask any questions. If somebody, if, if God tells you to say, get this and give it to that sister, sometimes it's something that you love. It's something that you really like. You start going into prayer and fasting. You want to know if it's really God who has said this. You want to know if you really heard from the Lord. You want to know if he really, really, really. But look at Abraham. He just got up, got his things and his wife, and he went. And the Lord was able to show him where he was taking him because he obeyed. So as we allow the light of God to shine in us, as we make time to connect with God, to be in tune with God, let us also live lives that are obedient to God. Let's obey God, even when it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense to you, but obey him. Just tell him to say, Lord, because you are the one who has said this, I'm going to do it. And you do what God tells you to do. You'll be amazed at what you see God doing in your life and in the lives of others because you are able to obey what God told you to do. Obedience also, when you look, we, we look at Abraham's life, his obedience to God was the beginning of his faith. Abraham is called the father of faith. It's because he always obeyed what God told him to do, even when it didn't make sense. Get your son, offer him as a sacrifice to me. It doesn't make sense. But Abraham obeyed. So, if we are going to live lives that are going to impact other lives, if we are going to draw that power that has been made available to us so that we move into that power and make that impact that we need to make, 
if we are to be the ones who are going to shine that light in this dark world so that others come to Jesus, we need to learn to obey God. The Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. I think we all know that scripture. So we need to live obedient lives.